part of how you discover what your purpose is, like I said, is just by doing a bunch of different shit. Yeah. And then getting very clear of like, oh, I didn't like that. I did like that. I didn't like that. I did like that. And of all the ones I liked, there was this kind of thread. Yeah. Like for me around connection and awakening. of Dear Men. Um, This is one that I've been thinking about for a while doing this topic because it's so important and central to the masculine and and the feminine, as it turns out. Um, But it's also a topic that I feel a little bit like torn about myself. Like I don't, I think usually I have very strong opinions and I come down in one direction or the other and around topics that I'm not quite sure about, uh, I tend to avoid sometimes. So um, just facing it head on. And um, I'm really curious to hear other men's responses to this um, or if you have any other thoughts in particular around this, I would really like to hear from you. So dear men podcast at gmail.com. Um, I'm really, really interested in hearing men's personal stories around their purpose and finding it and living it and all that stuff. So, um, please feel free to share around that. So welcome back, Jason Lang. You are a super popular guest. <laughs> Excited to be back. Always such a good time. Yeah. Um, and I'm really glad to have you for this one. Cause I think you're someone that I feel like I have seen um, living his purpose and moving closer and closer to that, being in alignment with your work life. Um, and I think sometimes we get tripped up on like, purpose has to be my work life. Um, but that doesn't always have to be the case. Um, but anyways, you're someone who I feel like I've seen really like homing in on it and um, and struggling with it. And you and I coach men in a men's program. And this is one of the things we cover is purpose. And so I just want to, I would love to hear more about your personal journey around it. And then we can go into some specifics about, you know, purpose and how much it's talked about in the personal growth world for the, for the, for the masculine. Totally. It's a, it seems to be everywhere. Um, it's a buzzword. Yeah. You know, purpose is, Something I think about every day, all day, <laughs> which I think a lot of men in, in some regards do. And it's a journey I'm very much still on. Um, I, I can't claim to have figured it out. Um, but I know I'm moving in the right direction. Yeah. Um, which is something we'll talk about in terms of, I think, actually what that is really all about. Um, but I have the experience as do a lot of the men we work with and a lot of the men I've met in men's work and men's groups and all the spiritual worlds I've been part of, um, of a split between making money and doing something I love. Yeah. Which is a real pain, a real pain for a lot of humans, not just men, but a lot of humans. And it's something I still navigate day to day. And have taken some big leaps around in the last year to try to bring them closer into alignment. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but it is a process and it is an exploration. Um, and, you know, part of the journey I've been on is I feel like I have tons of purposes mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they don't always feel related. So, you know, since I was a kid, um, I've wanted to be a filmmaker. And then since I was a teenager, I was super into personal growth and transformation and consciousness. And then I got super into computers and very good at technology and I have kind of yo-yoed through all these different areas of my own life. Mm -hmm. And definitely in the last couple of years started to have this feeling of like, what is going on here? Um, I feel kind of good at a lot of these things, but it doesn't really feel like it's clicked. Yeah. What am I here for? What am I doing? And what connects all this stuff? Um, and is my purpose something I'm literally going to figure out, wake up one morning and then be able to make a business plan around and spend the rest of my life doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm leaning more towards, no, it's not. Mm -hmm. um, and that's been relieving for me in some sense. Tell me more about that relief. What, why is that a relief? Um, you know, there's this pressure, you know, we do a lot of work and I've done a lot of work uh, around David Data's work mm -hmm. and the way the superior man, you know, if you haven't read it yet, you should. And, and then you should not take it too seriously. Sometimes. <laughs> so read way of the superior man and then maybe let some of it go or like, yeah. don't read it as the Bible. But the, you know, that book was profound and is transformative and it's been out for a couple decades now. Um, and purpose is a huge piece of it, huge piece of it. Um, and as it made its ripples through different communities, there became this, uh, there's, there still is this obsession, I think, for a lot of men. Of, I got to find my purpose and I got to live my purpose. And if I don't, I'm not living the most expressed, fulfilled life I can as yeah. a man, which can actually be really stressful of like, what's my purpose? I don't know my purpose. And yeah. I'm supposed to go meditate and know my purpose. And um, I should be working on my purpose every day. Yeah. And, you know, one of my other coaches um, that I worked with, he helped distinguish something important for me a couple of years ago that I think is part of why I'm feeling relief now mm -hmm. in my life mm -hmm. is the difference between like a mission statement and a purpose. Mm. Like um, a mission is a specific accomplishable thing. Mm -hmm. Whereas a purpose is more of a direction you can move towards your entire life. Mm. And I think particularly in the David data community, sometimes the stress comes from confusing them mm. of like, you know, my purpose is to um, build a million dollar company, you know, that, that teaches relationship skills mm -hmm. you know, might be, might be something as simple as that. Yeah. Um, but that's actually more of a mission because that can be accomplished mm -hmm. and it's something you could also get bored with <laughs> mm -hmm. or, you know, get into and then decide, Oh, that's not my thing anymore. And so part of what I've been exploring in the, in the last year, um, which I discovered through one of my teachers and we work with is thinking more of purpose as a direction, mm -hmm. which is, I think what's, the most important piece for the masculine. Yeah. It's just having a direction like, Oh, I'm moving towards something. And, um, another piece of that I think is I'm mastering something. I think mm. that's a big piece for a lot of men where a lot of fulfillment does come through when you're Mastery. living your purpose, so yeah. to speak. Um, but I remember something blew my mind 
like three years ago, uh, you know, David Data, Purpose, all this stuff. And I cannot remember the name of the book, but I'll try to find it for the show notes. But this amazing book came out and it like went through NPR and it was about this guy who interviewed people about their jobs and levels of satisfaction. Yeah. And it included like blue collar, manual labor, farmers, this whole thing. And it was totally shocking to me in that, um, a lot of the people that actually ended up self-reporting the most satisfaction, um, they didn't necessarily have the biggest, loftiest, craziest goals or jobs or fancy jobs. Even, um, what they had was they mastered something Mm. like they got better at something over time Yeah, and they got so good at it that it created more freedom and wealth for themselves and their family. Interesting. So you're saying, let's say that this person was an electrician they got really, really good at it. Like they were excellent at the craft and they could maybe mentor other people who were coming up in the trade. Or if there was a really difficult problem in a house, they would be called because they'd been doing it for 25 years. And now they were really, really good at it. Yeah. And so, you know, based on all this data, what, what this, the kind of takeaway from that was just like, pick something and get really good at it. That's what's going to lead you to the most satisfaction. Yeah. Like you'll actually just be happy. Yeah. Versus, you know, myself and a lot of other guys who read, read David data, you know, read it when they were in their early twenties, mm-hmm. whole twenties stressing about what's my purpose and what am I going to do? What, am I, what should I do with my life? I'm not making any money and I'm not committing to any specific thing because it might not be my true purpose. So I don't want to go all the way into that because I could be wrong. Um, and boom, you can even feel the energy of that right there. Yeah. Uh, and so you know, kind of tying this all together in terms of where I'm, where I'm at and what I've been thinking about, um, purpose recently is that, yeah, it's mostly about having direction Mm -hmm. and feeling expressed is, is kind of what I think I've discovered relates to that mastery piece. Mm. Um, like where the actual, buzz and fulfillment comes from in that, you know, in the, like the most masculine sense, I think we're concerned with purpose for that just simple moment of like, right before I die, will I have no regrets? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like what am I really providing to the world or what is, what is the point of me being here? Yeah. And what I notice in the conversation a lot is, uh, this idea that there is like a Shangri-La, like, like paradise point where it's like, okay, I found it. Like I, like when you like go on a quest for a big diamond, you're like, I found the diamond. Like I found my purpose. And now I'm like carrying the diamond with me and I live with my purpose now. Like there's this illusion that, at some point I will be, I will like find this thing and then I'll be living with it and it'll be like, everything will sort of be perfect. And then like life will really start and then I'll really be able (laughs) to do the things I want to do. And that's what I feel like. That's why I feel kind of torn about it. Cause I'm sort of like, I feel like that's an illusion. I feel like that's an illusion. Um, and I also feel like there's an element of truth to it in that if I look at, the people in my life that 
have a quote unquote purpose. Like I'm thinking of a woman friend of mine who's a physician and she is, um, in pediatric, pediatric anesthesia. So she works with very sick kids. She's trained for that her whole life. And she's now providing that service in the world. And she does get a lot of satisfaction out of it. And, um, like you said, it also involves mastery, you know, like it mm-hmm. residency was really hard for her when she was going through learning those skills. Like it sucked. Yeah. I mean, she was like depressed. Like it was not good. You know what I'm saying? Like real bad, but she stuck with it. And, and it does feel now like she gets to express that in the world and feel like she's helping people because that's the part for me that I notice in the conversation is I think for a lot of people, myself included, I have very much in the past made my purpose about me. Like, what is my purpose? Like, even in the, like, phrasing of it, like, what is my purpose is about me. Like, my ego is involved versus, like, where am I, what am I, what is the world calling me to do? Yeah. Like, what is life calling me to do? What is, what is, what are the signals I'm getting? Like, what am I called to do? How am I called to serve? Which is kind of different. Totally. Then what is my purpose? Yeah, yeah. I, I, the, it's, it's crazy just how much I'm remembering <laughs> in terms of purpose. Um, another, another way um, a guy I worked with once put it to me that I think speaks to that, which is less about discovering this mythical thing, was just like, where do your greatest gifts meet the world's greatest needs? Mm. It's like literally a meeting of kind of heaven and earth. Um, because... You know, part of what I've had to deal with is, wow, I might want to do something, but I might be totally ignoring a lot of natural talents I have or Mm -hmm. gifts I have. And like, what's up with that? Mm -hmm. You know, so someone's a a really good musician or something and they're um, slaving away at being an artist. Mm -hmm. Like it happens. It totally happens. And I think that's part of what I've been sinking into is feeling into the energetics of it all of just like, where do I naturally put my attention anyway, Mm -hmm. anywhere? And where do I like find the most energy? And then as I do that, it becomes clear like, Oh, these are the kind of situations I want to be in. And these are the kind of places I feel lit up. What's really going on in those moments. Mm -hmm. Um, And then that tends to has started to aggregate into kind of, bigger feelings for me in terms of, Oh, okay. So I think it's less about one specific thing, like a mission, like I was talking about. And for me, um, yeah, as, as I'm sitting with this and exploring a lot of this in real time with you, you know, I think for purpose to me comes down to direction, expression and mastery. Mm. Like if three, if those three things are happening, I feel like I'm on purpose. And can you say more in terms of direction? Because I think, uh, like some things I observe about you, for example, you care about other people's transformation. You care about supporting other people's transformation. You care about other people waking up, especially men. Like you care about supporting men and waking up. So you lead local men's groups in the LA area. You're a facilitator for authentic Los Angeles like personal growth, like connection Mm -hmm. workshops, you run pillars of presence 
which is a more substantial program for men that really want to wake up and become great at life and with women. You do a lot of different things, but the direction is I help other people wake up. Is that what you mean about a direction-ish and then the how of what you're doing like varies? Yeah, yeah, totally. So that's like the direction piece, um, you know, we work with this in our program and I learned it from one of my teachers, John Wineland, and I think it's based off um, a coach's work called Michael Neal. And it's, it's just, it's called the impossible goal. <clears throat> and the idea is to find something so big, like a type of impact in the world. Um, and it's not even big in sense of scale, but like, I, I guess it's, sorry, it's not that it's big. It's that it's impossible. Yeah. You can't actually do it. Yeah. Um, which relieves you, us men, from the, am I winning or losing at this? Right. And is it, it becomes more, oh, I'm moving towards it. And I can't actually get there. So that, that's all that matters. Yeah. Am I moving towards it? Um, and so that direction piece to me fits into that. And so, you know, my, my version of this that's become clear over the last year. And, you know, the, the phrasing changes, the words change, um, but the energy of it has been getting clearer and clearer for me of like, what I'm here to do is wake up and connect people by training warriors of the heart, mm. men and women. And that's like, I could spend the rest of my life doing that. And what I love about that is, um, you know, I specifically said it to be like a billion, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of impossible. It's like, I'm not actually going to be able to train a, a billion warriors of the heart to wake up and connect the planet, but it gives me a direction mm-hmm. and a feeling of, oh, am I moving towards that? Mm-hmm. And suddenly I have this umbrella direction that all these other things I'm using to express myself and get mastery in feed into. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, in, in, in that direction, that impossible goal, um, suddenly everything fits. Being a facilitator of authentic relating work, being deep into men's work, podcasting, and creating films, like mm-hmm. actually creating art that yeah. transmit a certain type of consciousness or expe- emotional experience. Um, those are all ways to wake up and connect people. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like starting to click into place. And then it, it actually relaxes me in the sense of how I'm specifically doing that at any point in time could change. Yeah. So yeah. I might be, you know, um, this last year has been a lot about facilitating and leading men's work and leading our program and um, just going in deep into that. And three or four years from now, I may be like, Ooh, I feel really complete in terms of the, doing How? that. Yeah. yeah. Like I feel like I've, I've really given in that sense and I want to pass it off to someone else. And then suddenly I may discover that, wow, to do that. No, I actually want to create um, a physical space you know, here in LA where people can come and get trainings or, you know, so the point being those little missions can change over time. Yeah. But that overall direction of is what I'm doing moving me closer to, to that. Yeah. um, Becomes really important. And I'm wondering, so you're in your thirties now and I'm wondering, can you speak a little bit to like the feeling that you had when you were, let's say in your twenties before quote unquote, figuring this out. Because I mean, at some point you, you did the impossible goal exercise and you were like, 
I'm going to train a billion warriors of the heart. And it gave you a sense of direction. There's still a lot of pain and suffering around like moving in that direction. But I'm wondering like for you, what did it feel like being the masculine that's totally wandering, like truly wandering around, like just wandering around watching Netflix and video games, Mm -hmm. smoking pot, like, you know, working a job that you don't care about or whatever version of that, like, really not awake like what was that like versus versus now because they both have um, challenges you know I would say what I got out of the kind of wanderings of my 20s so to speak I actually think is developmentally super appropriate and what I mean by that is I think and this is just coming to me right now but I think there's a pretty strong argument certainly in my own life and probably in a lot of men's life and a lot of people's life to be made that you can't truly know your purpose, so to speak, in the way we're talking about until you know yourself and you can't actually know yourself until you've tried some shit. Yeah. You got to try things out. You got to experiment. You got to like kind of just, and it, and like really try it in the sense of like push your edge, go in deep and play full out in that realm and then move on. Mm. Like when the energy is no longer there. And that, that was a rhythm, you know, looking back, um, I had in, in my twenties where, you know, I had a couple different careers and jobs where I would go like really what? hard and really long. Um, you know, one of my first ones was, uh, being a caregiver for teenagers with autism. So I spent about two years working, you know, 60 hours a week, uh, at the, on the ground level, uh, with teenagers, and learning so much about myself, mm. um, like what it means to hold space, what it means to come in somewhere with my own shit and have that reflected back to me mm. and, you know, and the ability to like, okay, I can put my stuff aside and come in and support and serve and care. And, um, <laughs> tremendous amounts of patience and just like, wow, what the very, different ways people communicate and love. Mm. Like I learned so much from those kids. Um, and I actually liked the job. It was stressful at times for sure. And it was exhausting. But while I was there, I was like, this is meaningful. I don't think yeah. this is my life purpose, but I am learning about myself in this experience. Even back then I kind of had a sense of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and about connection. Yeah, you were totally. A lot about connection. And, and then there was a point though, where I was like, wow, I'm done. It just became very clear. I was like, I'm done. Like I've the energy is complete. Yeah. I feel complete here. And then I moved on to another thing. And then I was working in the tech world and doing tech support for like two or three years. Again, same thing, just in super deep, um, learning to manage people's experience in some sense over the phone yeah. and how to communicate super clearly, uh, was a big one and how to just analytically walk someone through something yeah. when they're on the other side of the country. And they're often very frustrated. They're super frustrated. I think that's a really good example of a job where you, I think we sort of write it off like, oh, tech support, whatever, you know, it's sort of like over here on the side versus like teaching disabled children. But actually like when someone's really stressed out and freaked out about their machine and like, I'm a writer, my whole life is my laptop. Like I need my machine for my livelihood. It's how I survive. So when there's something wrong or I can't figure it out or I'm worried about losing all the data on it, it actually really matters that I have someone on the other end of the phone that I feel like cares. (laughs) Like they might not know me as a person, but I at least want to feel like 
Like they actually care. Like that's going to calm my nervous system down at a time that it's pretty high. Yeah. So I feel like that's a good example of one of those jobs where you could do that job in a way that you don't care at all. Or you yeah. could do that job in a way that like I help people relax. The way I help totally. people relax is I do tech support right now or whatever it yeah, is. Like yeah. I help people. That's my purpose. Right now it's expressing through this. But like think of the attitude difference that you'd have. In that Absolutely. job, in that way, that's like, that is a real service to people. Like that, yeah. that's honestly like having a good tech support person when you really need one, like people feel vulnerable <laughs> around that stuff. They don't know how to do it. They feel totally. stupid. They've been Googling it. It's not working. And, um, and just, you know, quick help tip really tech support is like, have you tried turning it off and turning it back on? Yeah. <laughs> it's like. It's often. If you're going to do anything before you call a tech support, it's just do that. <laughs> You'd be shocked at how often it works. Um, but, and there were, there were other experiences like that. And what I'll say about those that I do think was really important <laughs> and where I got maybe kind of lucky, um, in that I didn't get too lost because, you know, I did have some jobs I went kind of deep in was I learned discipline and just the simple thing of like, I didn't always want to be at those jobs. Yeah. I didn't always want to be answering calls. Sometimes I didn't want to have to go deal with difficult children. Yeah. Um, but I learned how to just go in and do it. Mm-hmm. Like show up. I may not feel like it, but I'm going to do it. Um, which turns out to have served me tremendously as I now know what I want to do. Mm. And even so, sometimes I don't feel like doing it, Yeah. <laughs> but there's that discipline of, okay, okay. I need to be able to put, I'm tired or I'm mm-hmm. not in the mood to decide and just go for it, um, which has been tremendously valuable in, in, you know, learning a good work ethic like that. You can't skip it. I yeah. think is one thing I just discovered and I have seen, you know, in other people and younger guys that I've worked with who haven't necessarily gone through that phase, which I feel blessed in that sense of like, sometimes you just got to do a job when you don't feel like it and it's not your deepest purpose. Yeah. But in doing that, you build the character and the the discipline and the strength of will and all these tools that will serve you then mm-hmm. as you discover what your purpose is. And part of how you discover what your purpose is, like I said, is just by doing a bunch of different shit. Yeah. And then getting very clear of like, oh, I didn't like that. I did like that. I didn't like that. I did like that. And of all the ones I liked, there was this kind of thread. Yeah. Like for me around connection and awakening. Yeah. Like just, you know, helping people experience the world in new ways. Yeah. I'm, I'm remembering actually a time in my life when I was, uh, waitressing at a sushi restaurant (laughs) and I, so I have often throughout my life had several jobs, like several part-time jobs rather than one full-time job. That's been pretty, um, consistent. And I was working as a dating coach as one of my part-time jobs. And then I was working at the sushi restaurant as another one. And I got a lot of joy and satisfaction out of the dating coaching. And I felt like I was really helping people, et cetera. Um, but there were elements of the sushi job that I liked too. And one of them was the camaraderie and just the teamwork. Like it's restaurant jobs are nice and that you get to like bond with people and mm-hmm. people have all kinds of weird stories. Like there's always like some kind of drama. Like it's kind of exciting. Like, and I remember at one point, like settling into this routine and being like, I think I need to just let go of the idea that I'm doing life wrong. Cause there was a part of me that was like, 
I went to a really good school. I have very yep. supportive parents. I should be further along. I shouldn't be in my late twenties. I can't remember how old I was, late twenties, early thirties. I think I was late twenties working in a sushi restaurant. Like my friends are consulting with McKinsey. Do you yep. know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> I have really high powered friends. I should be in that category, but honestly, like part of the utility of that was some of the clients that I coached back then, like they're married now and they have babies. So I've been doing the work that I've been doing in the realm of sex and love and relationships for like years now. So I can really say with authority, like, here's what I've seen with the people I've coached for one, three months. Here's what I've seen after that. Like in the next nine to 12 months, like here are some things you can expect. And like, it changes the trajectory of their whole lives. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to say that if I hadn't been doing that back then. Totally. So That's I think the mastery there's piece. something, yeah, there's something important about that. And I sort of just want to like call out like, like what do men do who are so in that position of like, Oh, I'm like doing it wrong. Like I haven't found it yet. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm working a sushi, their equivalent of a sushi job, sushi restaurant. And they're like, I, I can't seem to figure it out. I'm so like stressed about like I should be further ahead than I am. Yeah, uh, I think that what that ties into and what your story I think beautifully illustrates in terms of one of the common stumbling blocks too is immediately having to associate our deepest purpose with our means of livelihood and the extreme stress that puts on things. Absolutely. Of like, oh, right, I mean... I've experienced it firsthand. I've known countless people who experience it. Oh my God, I want to be a coach and then go fully into coaching. And then suddenly everything is riding on it. Yeah. And it's very stressful. Yeah. It takes time to build up experience and clientele and word of mouth and all that. And there can be something very liberating about, oh, actually I have a very stable nine to five Mm -hmm. and then. I I pursue my passion and my art on the side. Yeah. Like that's a totally legit means of um, moving forward. Mm -hmm. I think that doesn't get enough credit. Yeah. Um, I think the important piece there is as long as you're moving forward on something Mm -hmm. where it becomes stifling is I have a nine to five that I know I don't want to do for my whole life. And I don't have that larger direction piece figured out yet. And it, and that seems to be where some of the numbing comes in Yeah, of like, I don't really know what the direction is. And I'm, instead of looking for it or opening myself to, up to experimenting, I'm going to smoke a lot of pot. Yes. I'm going to play a lot of video games. I'm going to eat a lot of food or go to the gym a lot, whatever the totally. numbing behavior is, because I'm anxious about not knowing my direction. Like instead of leaning into that or Feeling or just feeling the pain of it. Honestly, yeah. I had a lot of breakdowns before I got jobs. I don't know if that how has how it works for other people, but I remember multiple times of just like freaking the fuck out in my car, crying and being like, "Please <laughs> just send me what I'm meant to do right now." Like having the full on breakdown instead of for me, it's like going to Netflix. Like I, yeah. I feel like TV is one of my numbing ones, but I, I yeah, I'm just wondering like, do you? How do you experience that in the masculine that you work with in terms of like the not the wandering, not knowing direction and then at least having a sense of it? Um, Yeah, like the the wandering can be really painful, I think, in tying it back into what we're kind of talking about. The first step, I think, sometimes for a lot of people is just that, oh, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I need to get a job for the next six months just to get some stability so I can have some space in my life. 
and, and not be so stressed out. And even just telling yourself that's okay, huge, massive step mm. and giving yourself the space of, okay, I'm going to use the next six months to earn some money and then I'm going to start figuring this out. Mm-hmm. Then it's really important in that time though, to not just numb out the whole time, mm-hmm. right? To actually make some time every day to just get curious about, you know, what you've done with your life, where you're moving, what brings you energy mm-hmm. and just what your passions are. Um, which is, I think, a first step towards moving towards that. Yeah. And then just accepting the reality as well that you may never make money doing your deepest Mm -hmm. purpose or passion as you discover it. Um, It's certainly possible to, but I I find myself more free when I can can, um, separate those those two apart a little bit. And, you know, the, the other thing that's just coming to me as well is there tends to be an idea of purpose having to be big things we do or accomplish Mm -hmm. in in the world, you know, these impossible goals, but some of the most beautiful ones I've discovered or not witnessed in other men that felt a hundred percent true were something as simple as I want to love my daughter perfectly. Yes. Yes. Which is impossible. Uh huh. But that is where that man feels most expressed in life. Yeah. And all of his personal growth work, his finances, his job, they all kind of move towards that. And I think that's beautiful. Yeah. Um, and the kind of thing that sometimes get, gets overlooked or, you know, yeah, like I want to be, um, I want to bring every single person who I sell a car to a moment of joy, mm. <laughs> you know, like yeah. what a great Great type thing. And what a different way of looking. That's, again, kind of what I was coming back to around contribution. What a different way of getting up and looking at that job rather than I want to sell 10 cars this week. Like, I want to bring people joy today. Like, my yeah. my purpose is around providing joy because I think that word providing for the masculine is really important. And I hear it over and over. Maybe not that word, but the concept. Yeah. Like, I'm glad you brought kids up because I was about to. That I've heard multiple occasions where... Um, when a man has discovered that his woman is pregnant or he's going to have a kid or he has a kid, it calls something forth in him because now he has to provide in a different kind of way. And that then even if his job is valet parking, his purpose is I'm providing for my family. I'm providing for my family. And we don't have to wait for children to want to provide. Like the car salesman is a good example of, I provide joy to the people that come to my mm-hmm. store. Like that I provide something. Like I provide something feels like a grounding place for the masculine. And even if it has nothing to do with how you're making money, even if you work at a sushi restaurant, like I provide a safe space for my employees. Yep. I can speak from experience. If you're a manager, I don't care whether you work at Applebee's or you work at like Cirque in New York city. If you come to work and you're like, I'm going to provide a safe space to my employees. That's my purpose. We make money. We're a restaurant and everything. But like I provide that, like not only will your employees work really hard for you, you'll get promoted faster. Like all of the things that you want will come, but only because your, your internal motivation is something around service. Purpose is partly about service. That's what I've seen is like the most successful people. And I'm not talking about financially successful, but successful in terms of I look at them and I think they really they're having a good life like they yeah, like their yeah, life they're yeah. having a good life <laughs> there's something about them that almost always comes back to 
service. There's some way that they're like, this is, I provide this. Yeah. And then like, you just magnetize success. It starts to bring energy towards you. And I think what's so great about that is there's always a way to do it, right? As you kind of discover that it doesn't have to be some huge multinational corporation or nonprofit or huge art piece. Like when you kind of dial into that, it's like, Oh, how can I start creating this in the moment Mm -hmm. or providing, providing this experience for other people? Yeah. I think that's a beautiful frame for it. And again, then that's really tied more into a direction, Mm -hmm. um, which can then manifest itself in different missions throughout your life. But it's like, Oh, that's, that's where I feel the most energized where I feel the most energy is when I'm providing that Mm -hmm. for other people. Um, you know, there's one last thing I I think I'll, that's coming to mind that has certainly resonated true for me. And, um, I heard from our friend, our good friend, Neil, who, uh, is a, is a guy I've done some work with and is brilliant in a lot of ways that, uh, has really helped me. Uh, he was the first person and I don't know if he came up with it or where he got it from, but that, you know, for a lot of people, our deepest purpose comes from our deepest pain as well. Mm-hmm. That at some point, usually in our early lives, we have some kind of experience that makes us thirsty for something yeah. that we didn't get. And then we spend our whole lives trying to get it. Um, and the great kind of magic is the way we often get it is by providing it for other people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like kind of the, the catch 22 mm-hmm. there. If I just try to get it for myself not going to work so well, Yeah. but, Oh, I can create that and provide that for other people. And I can do that because I know how much it sucks to not have it. Yeah. (laughs) Like that's simple. Yeah. Like, you know, that experience firsthand, you know, so that's part of why I started this program with you. I knew the experience of not being able to magnetize women and feel comfortable relating to them. Yeah. Like I just knew that experience and the shame that came with it, the loneliness that came with it. Um, and that ties into my deeper thing of just wanting to create connection, like why, which, you know, was something I struggled with as a kid as well. And that I feel the most connection when I'm creating connection for other people. Yeah. Like it's just the thing I've learned. Yeah. Like, um, and it, it's been a, a big game changer for me as well. Yeah. It's, it reminds me of, I pulled a tarot card once that said, if you get nervous, focus on service. And I, it has stayed with me for years. Um, and I find that, you know, like if I'm prepping a course or if I'm getting ready for a call and I'm nervous, I find it very grounding to say like, this isn't about me. This isn't about me. Like what's going to be the most helpful to this person or this group? Just do that. (laughs) Like just do that. (laughs) And like the rest of it will kind of work out instead of like, Oh my God, is it going to be good enough? Like, are they going to like me? Like, those are all about me. Those are all about me and my ego. Or as if I'm like, I'm here to serve this population. Let's just do that. To keep it really simple. What's the simplest way to do that? And then the rest of it will kind of work out. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, as we wrap up, is there anything that you would recommend if there's a guy listening to this or a woman, um, wanting to feel more on purpose or I don't know, find their diamond. (laughs) Yeah. I think, I mean, you know, being such a relational junkie, I would first say, ask people, Mm. ask people you're close to, where do they see you the most lit up and magnetized and Mm. interested in things? Mm. It's, almost always noticeable to other people when we're 
talking about or doing something, we just have energy around. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you might be surprised what's reflected back to you in terms of how people have experienced you and when. Um, I would also say, you know, one part of David Data's work around this that I do agree with that ties into the numbing is spend time with yourself. Like, yeah. particularly for men, solitude and silence and just don't do anything. Don't do anything. Don't do anything. Go which out into nature. Which, which means don't do the numbing. Yeah, right? don't so do the numbing. yourself isn't just, just go get high and watch. No, abs- it means don't do spend. anything. Yeah. Like, go out and meditate. Go out and walk through the woods. Spend time just in solitude. And oftentimes things will start to bubble up. It really, it kind of works. Yeah. Um, but it usually comes on the other side of some kind of discomfort, right? Something we have to push through Yeah. oftentimes in being alone or in solitude or voices start coming up of, oh, you're a fucking fraud or da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. But on the other side of that, often there's like a real like, oh yeah, actually it's time for this. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm, this is what I'm going to do next. This is what I feel called and Sometimes to. it's yeah. just that simple, but you can't really hear that signal so much these days in our just extreme ringing, pinging, tagging, ring, ping, ping. notification, <laughs> yeah. food, yeah. plans, craziness of like, there's always something striving for your attention. Um, and that solitude and that silence piece, I think, and just slowing down, paying attention to the nothing, yeah. which is often where that signal will come from. And then also just asking other people, like I said, or, you know, where do you see me the lit, most lit up? Yeah. And I really like that. I think that's a great combination. And from there, I think you'll start to find um, that sense of direction. Like, oh, I, I don't know exactly what it is, but I know it's this way. Yeah. And then on the way, you're going to try different things, some of which you'll master and some of which you won't. Yeah. And then you'll also be sharing those things and expressing them and serving other people. And that's a great place. Yeah. And the the one last thing I would share is just a seasons of life thing. I think we think as Americans, especially, or I guess Westerners in general, we think of life as linear, very, very linear, like first this, then that, then this, then that. And we sort of think of, you know, we even think of friendships that way, that they're sort of like, okay, we'll be friends forever. Like you're in my life now, but that's not really how it works. I remember a friend saying, it's not like life. People think of life as like an airplane. Like you get on an airplane and you're like, you're with those people from Paris to LA. Like if you're on an, like that's where you're with those people. He said, that's not really how it is. It's like a train. Like you get on with some people, some people get off, they might get on again, but you're, you're with different people in different seasons of life. And it's the same with, you know, careers, jobs, um, purpose possibly, it's, but it's, it's much more, Seasons totally. of life, what's called for in this season of life, where do I want to go in this season instead of oh, I'm failing again, you know, like this, this yep. career feels like it's wrapping up shit. Like that's the, the, I think that ties back in the last thing I'll share is what I love about that is the trying things and being all in on certain things, mm-hmm. um, which is a shadow of a lot of men these days of it's not my deepest thing. So I'm not going to do it. Yeah. She might not be my life partner, so I'm not going to date her. Yeah. But there's so much value in going in anyway and just showing up fully to the experiences that are actually available to you in life. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I think how I can sum that up, I, I think I did an Instagram post on this. I had forgot about a couple weeks ago that really just 
feels like it kind of clicks all this into place. And my experience of like purpose isn't found, it's revealed. Mm. And it's only going to reveal itself to you if you're actually living. That is so perfect. Because I feel like in my life, I've said this to a couple of people that I feel like my purpose, it's like a Polaroid that's been very, 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 very slowly developing. Yep. <laughs> like over like 15 years. And I'm like, I keep flapping it and being like, well, you just, could you just please just show me what it is? Totally. It's I feel great. Like I'm closer than ever, but I'm starting to realize like, oh, that's going to be a forever thing. Mm-hmm. It's like painting a masterpiece. It's not like you find the masterpiece. I don't know. Yeah. It's like in progress. And so, yeah, that's really good. It's not something you find. It's something that's revealed. So that's going to wrap us up for today. Uh, again, I would really like to hear from you, especially if you're a man, around what this brought up for you or what you've noticed in terms of your purpose and how that has impacted you. Um, cause I really think this is an important conversation just in general. And we didn't really go into how a man feeling on purpose impacts the feminine, but maybe we'll do another part two or something because I think this is a big enough topic that we could do that. But I, I would love to hear from men in the meantime. So, dearmenpodcast at gmail.com. That wraps up another episode of Dear Men. Thank you for listening. If you want to reach out, we would love to hear from you. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Dear Men Podcast. That's at Dear Men Podcast. Or Facebook, we have a group, Dear Men Podcast. We also have an email address, dearmenpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to join the Big Sexy Dataset, the community of people who regularly respond to the surveys that we talk about on this podcast, just email us at that address, dearmenpodcast at gmail.com, and we will set you up. Have a sexy day.